0: Thank you, Greg. He has no idea what I'm talking on, but set it up incredibly well, as the Spirit tends to do, as we work in conjunction with Him. Well, super excited that four weeks from now, we are going to be on the lawn outside here on Faulkner Drive and able to see each other again. It's going to be amazing, and uh, you know, maybe it even happens earlier than that, but based on what the government announced on Thursday, we know that we will be able to get together on the 20th of June. So uh, it's something for us to really look forward to. I miss seeing all of your faces. I'm sure you miss seeing each other's faces. But, you know, the other amazing thing that's happened is we are allowed to get together in people's backyards or in the park or things like that, groups of five. So I want to encourage you, don't wait until the 20th to reach out and connect with people in the community. Let's start connecting together now, you know, just going for a walk together. If you have kids playing in the park together, having people over to each other's backyards, it's a great time when we can just start reconnecting again after a really long time of being separate and apart. I want to remind you this morning that you're absolutely loved by God, and just as you're there right now, you know we had an amazing time of worship where we worship Jesus, but I want you just to remember and focus on God's love over your life, that, that Jesus died for you, for you, that your sins have been forgiven, that you are no longer separated from God. That it's not about your performance, your good deeds or your bad deeds. It's about this love relationship that you have with God through Jesus. And that everything that he's done, everything he's accomplished, we're able to live connected with God today. And he's for you. He's with you. I pray that you would have a, a greater and continually growing understanding of just how much God is for you and just how much He loves you and that you would live from that place in everything you do. And that our minds would continually be expanded with the knowledge of that love. And that would be the perspective that we would look on everything and everyone in every situation through the eyes of Jesus, through those eyes of love. And so this morning, as I'm talking, there's two things that I want to be able to talk with us about. One is love and the other one is community. Now, in terms of love, I was asked a question this week by one of our young adults, and and they asked, they were talking about the conflict that's going on right now between Palestine and Israel and the, the, the war that's been happening, shooting rockets at one another. And this particular individual had a friend that was Jewish and friends that are Palestinian and going, you know, I don't know what side I'm supposed to take. You know, and, and was saying that, you know, they, they know there's stuff about Israel in the Bible, and so felt like, oh, we, we should be standing on the side of Israel, but like, how, what, what do we do? And it's a great question, and one that's so important for us as Christians to understand. And if we look at this from the perspective of Jesus, we have to look at what did Jesus teach? Well, Jesus taught that even being angry at someone was wrong. You know, he he taught that in the Sermon on the Mount. He taught us that we're to love our enemies. And we've got to understand that there is no just holy war. You know, any conflict, whether it's a conflict between nations, a conflict between friends, a conflict between a, a marriage, what that is is a failure of love. It's where two people, for whatever reason, or two nations or two groups, are no longer looking at the other and going, what's best for you? But it's where people are retreating into positions of going, I've got to protect myself. What's best for me? There's no good side in the the war that's going on between Israel and Palestine. There's no one that's right. So... It isn't about us taking sides between warring factions. It's not about us standing with one against the other. How do we judge which one is is right or wrong? We can't. And, and we're not meant to. Because what we're meant to do is take the side of Jesus. The side of the peacemaker. The side of... of of going between friends that are in conflict or are standing on different sides and helping them see the other through the eyes of love. Helping us see one another through eyes of forgiveness. This is how love works. It's how Jesus taught us to be. That's the reality that we're meant to live from in everything, in everything. It says that if you're being wronged, it would be rather be wronged. You know, if someone's trying to take your stuff, give it to them rather than fight them. I mean, it's crazy. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make one, you know, say that if someone is being aggressive towards another, if someone's harming another, it doesn't mean that's right or okay. But what it means is that we don't have to protect ourselves. We, as Christians, don't have to try to defend ourselves. And when we're dealing with people that maybe are in conflict, it's that thing of opening up their eyes to see the other through the eyes of love. You know, there's many things on social media today, especially from Christians, where they'll say things like I'm standing with Israel. And I'm not going to get into all the theology of this and the wrong theology of it today because it's just it's frankly too complicated to explain in one one little preach. But it is a wrong understanding. It's as wrong an understanding as the Judaizers had when they would come into the Galatian churches and say, "Oh, you need to be circumcised if you really want to be a follower of Jesus." The idea that, that somehow there's a special status for the political nation of Israel is just wrong understanding of Scripture, and, and it's, it's missing the bigger picture of what Jesus came to do, because Scripture's very clear that what Jesus came to do is make one new man the church. It's no longer about Jew or Gentile, the, the Scriptures teach us. It's about those that follow Jesus. And God is interested in the whole world. And he's reconciling the whole world to himself through Jesus. There's not one nation or one people group with special status anymore. That time ended. And it's a new era in Jesus. And it's so important that we understand this. Because it it, it shapes, it'll shape everything. If Jesus is the one that we follow, we've got to follow him the same way in every circumstance. It's got to look the same in our perspectives on conflict and people. I was thinking about it, and you know, you, you look at Adam and Eve, and what did they do? What was they ate from this tree of knowledge of good and evil? They were actually supposed to only know good let's resolve. What Jesus did is made it possible for us to only know good again. So let's resolve to only know good, not to be the ones that try to determine what's right and wrong, not to be the judges of between, between these conflicts or between conflicting individuals, but see good and bring people to good, bring people back to love, bring people to Jesus that they would know their value and worth, that we would see each other through value and worth, and that we would be able to forgive one another and teach others to forgive one another and ultimately reconcile people to God. There, we truly become the peacemakers of the world. Which brings me to the second thing that I want to talk about, and that's community. It's really interesting, you know? So we've been in this season where we've been separate from one another for a long time. And one of the challenges that we're going to have potentially as a community is coming back together again. Because we're used to this, it's just about me, or it's just about me and my family. We're not used to having to take others into account. And we live in a society and we live in a culture that is is individualistic. And what that means is that the values that we're taught in how we're meant to live, says that the most important thing is how my decisions affect me first. So that the first thing I consider is myself. And then if I'm a husband or wife or in a family, maybe the next thing I consider is how that impacts my family. But that may be something I consider or may not be something I consider because really the values that our society teaches is that the most important thing is me. And we see this played out in business, we see this played out in in education systems, we see this played out in every aspect of society. But Jesus, he came into a society that believed things very differently. And every every society uh, that we see from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelations, was a society that didn't think in terms of individuals, it thought in terms of collective in terms of a group. In the Old Testament, we see decisions affecting an entire nation. In the New Testament, it's not about an individual nation. It's about how decisions affect the, the reputation of the entire church, not just the small community, but all followers of Jesus. We're actually have been designed, each and every one of us, to find our peace joy, and security, not in ourselves, but in belonging to a larger group. And it's really important. It's very interesting. You know, the rise of the need for mental health, um, the rise of issues with mental health, has increased as individualism has increased. So that's the more that we think that we are by ourselves and on our own, and our decisions only impact us, the more our mental health deteriorates. The more that we're taught that we are the most important, the more our mental health deteriorates. And there's a studied correlation between these two things. We were not designed by God to be on our own. Now, this isn't just about family. Because our families, you know, individual family units, were also not meant and designed to function on their own, by themselves. We're actually meant to be part of larger families and communities, each and every one of us. And this is where following Jesus is absolutely countercultural to the world and com- that we live in. But it's where we're going to find our joy and peace. This means that the decisions we make, we need to make them in the context of the communities that we're a part of. How does my decision impact the community? Is my decision going to, you know, draw me closer to community or take me farther away from community? And how is that community functioning in a way of love? Now, these are some things that I'm going to be teaching on over the next while. You know, we've talked about the importance of love, but I want to now take it to the importance of community. Because as we regather, community has got to be the foundation that we build on. We've got to build on this. And if we're going to offer hope to this world around us, it's community. When we look at safe families, what is being offered to people? It's community that's being offered. It's people that are on their own, that are like, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. I've got no one around me. And it's bringing family and community around those people so they can thrive. You know, When we're struggling, our impulse is to withdraw from community. Why it's our fleshly nature that says, i am going to figure this out, and it's what we're taught. i got to figure this out on my own. But community is meant that we're in this together, you know that we love one another. We make an, a conscious choice, a difficult choice that says, I'm going to let people into my life. I'm going to make time for others. It's not just about me and my accumulation of wealth and what's best for me, it's that Actually, I've got something to give. I've got, you know, I'm going to give of my time. I'm going to give of my love. I'm going to give of my resources to other people so that I can benefit them and they can benefit me. And that together, a community rises. That together, a community functions. This is how we are meant to live as followers of Jesus. There actually isn't an individual option. And it's why the church is such a mess not talking life house, I'm talking the church in general today. Because people function as individuals, not as the way that God intended that we would function as a family and as a community. And if we're truly going to be the testimony that we're meant to be to this world, if we're going to truly be able to live out love, we've got to be willing to change. We've got to start looking at what is You know, about uh, we've got to enter into, we've got to sacrifice and enter into community and family. We've got to let people into our lives. And it's not just people that we like. It's, you know, that's not what the Bible teaches at all. It actually says that even those that you, you know, may struggle with or, or not get along with as well, can you love them too? It's about us finding ways to love and benefit one another. And so I want to encourage you. I know it's been really comfortable sitting at home and being able to just watch, you know, watch, you know, church on TV, quote unquote, but you're not participating in church right now. This is a hybrid. It's a Frankenstein. It's the best thing we can do under the circumstances, you know, but it's, this is not church. This is a video, you know, the only, this is, this is me. It's, It's like me writing a letter to you every Sunday and giving it to you. I can give you some instruction. We can give you an opportunity to connect with God. But outside of our relationships with one another, this is not church. Church can't exist outside of relationship. First and foremost with Jesus and with ourselves. Greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, and spirit. and Love your neighbors, yourself. So my challenge to us is that we would not become complacent in getting together and encouraging one another. And I'm committed, and I know the the leadership team, eldership team is committed actually to making some adjustments as we move forward to make it more like a family and more like community. You know, gone, I think the thing we've learned most in this pandemic after literally months and months of months of talking to a camera and you watching us on a screen is, is we don't need another sermon. We need each other. And we will build up and encourage one another and point each other to the word, and we'll, we will be able to teach one another, but when we come together it's got to be about each other you know and when we go when we come together for that one hour, that is not church; that is a gathering of people that then leave from there and are the church. you know they are the church. If your only interaction with lifehouse community is on a Sunday, you're living like 10%, if that, of what you're meant to live. So let's be the church. Let's gather together as the church. And I know many of you, even in this time, have been an incredible support to one another, and you've been a support. And thank you for doing that. And let's continue. Let's continue to press in. Let's continue to love one another. Let's continue to build each other up in love. Let's put aside our opinions, our judgments, and our preferences and let's focus on one another because that is what jesus has called each and every one of us to do love you all cannot wait till we can see one another again have an amazing week call each other encourage one another get together let's live and be the church
1: back to you greg I don't know about you guys, but for me, I just felt like that word was spot on. That's really something that we need to get a hold of. This morning, uh, you may not see it, but I, I wear contact lenses. And this morning I got up and I went to put uh, a lens in my left eye and I put it in there and it was just, it was bothering me. Like, Why is this contact bothering me? I pulled it out again only to realize that the old contact lens was still in there. From the night before, it had gone up in my eyelid or something. Sorry if this is too much detail. But the point, what I felt the Lord speaking from that this morning was this. In order to put on a new lens, we have to take off the old one. We have to consciously take off the old lens. And in the things that James shared this morning about, about it's, it's not about proving that we're right and, and taking sides in this. It's actually about loving well. It's not about me coming and looking at, well, what's in it for me? What can I get out of this? It's actually about me coming and looking to serve others as I have been served by Jesus Christ. In order for us to live with those those attitudes and those mindsets, those new ways of doing life, we need to consciously take off those old mindsets again and again and again. Renew our minds with the truth until we're living out of the reality of it. In our lives and so as we close this morning I want us to take an opportunity right here right now to do that to just take off those old lenses to just repent of those those wrong mindsets to choose to think a better thought here to lay those things down in order that we could live out of the reality of this this kingdom this family that we've been adopted into through Jesus Christ Can we take a moment to do that? Whatever God places on your heart, just just lay it down, those old lenses. Just take off those old mindsets. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I don't need to fight for myself. I don't need to defend myself. I don't need to focus on myself, oh God. You said seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Thank you, God, that you have actually provided everything that we need. That you have promised to look after us, to provide for us, oh God. That you've called us to, to just love you and love others, to give our lives away, oh God. Father, we, we lay down, God, just selfish, self centered thinking, oh God, and focus, oh God. We repent of that, oh Lord. We choose to live out of your heart, oh God. Out of your fullness in in serving and in loving others, oh God. We choose to take steps into uncomfortable places, oh God, where maybe we've been comfortable being on our own, oh God, but what we really need is community. To really step into that community, oh God. To really take steps towards loving others. To take steps towards family. God I thank you for how you're growing us I thank you for how you're renewing our minds for how you're grounding us in your love oh God for you're helping us to see the way that you see O oh Lord thank you God for how you're growing us as a family fill us again Lord lead us in your love this week in loving others oh God as you've loved us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless you guys. Have an amazing week living out of the fullness of His love and giving it away. God bless you all.